welcome back to Cadence Podcast. I'm Katerina. And I'm Michael. And welcome to episode number three. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about I'm a shitty host. Why I'm a shitty host. Why I'm an amazing host. Yeah. <laughs> this, this episode is really about hosting and your social battery in those situations and what it's like when you are in a relationship where one person is sort of more extroverted and is more uh, comfortable with hosting and being around an abundance of people and someone who isn't as much. Yeah, who isn't a natural host. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In that way. But before we get into that, let's talk about this week's The The New New Cadence. Cadence. And this week it's my turn. Yep. And I read something really interesting the other day. And it's about, um, you know, when you're flying and you're flying for nine hours and you all you can afford is economy. So it's super uncomfortable. You're just sitting there. There's no space. You're trying to sleep and it's just so tight and you're envying all these people that are in business class. Okay. So apparently... Air New Zealand is This is recent? Recent. Okay, yeah, yeah. But like they just, I think they just won like an award, a design award for this or something. Wow. Okay, well, I mean, yeah, it's the new kid. So new, this is new, new. this is new topics. Always yeah. new topics. Yeah. Um, I actually, I read it this week. Yeah. Um, Air New Zealand is introducing something called SkyNest. So in their economy cabin, they have found a very unique and innovative way to make it possible for passengers to have a sleep cabin, but them being able to maximize the space in a way that it doesn't take away from the amount of passengers that they can fit into a cabin. In like the economy section. Yes. And right now it's sort of a pilot project where I think there's a certain limited amount of... um, planes or even sections in the airplane where they're testing it out. Is the plane called SkyNest? No, I think the pods are called SkyNest. And And the uh, prices are the same as economy. That they didn't get into, (laughs) but it's more that I did. I mean, I'm guessing, or it's maybe just, it's probably like an economy plus sort of situation. But the, the, the most, the interesting fact was that they have found a way to do it in a way where they can fit the same amount of passengers into the plane. And you can comfortably lay in a pod. You know those, like, Japanese sleeping yeah, 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 yeah. pod hotels? It looks so, sort of- so basically, you take a regular plane. Yeah. You have your first class or business class, which is super spacious and all that. And then you have your economy class. And they've found a way to not lose any seats in the economy class of that, of that type yeah. of plane. Yeah. Interesting. I mean... Hey, I, f- because for me, I would probably play a little bit more. Yeah. Because we don't have that kind of budget to be flying business no. or first class. So. And I, I was lucky. I got upgrade, upgraded one time mm-hmm. and I was able to fly business on a flight from Amsterdam to yeah. Calgary. Yeah. And I have never exited a plane that rejuvenated and rested it is like a day and night sort of i mean and that's a tough situation because if you think about it 
thousands upon thousands of people fly every single day. And like beyond just the physical act of flying, the whole travel process can be like, yeah, like tiring and frustrating, just the whole checking in and security and all that. So, I mean, and it's interesting, like the, the, the travel industry has evolved, mm-hmm. but like in the planes have evolved and the way you can check in online and the, 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 the digital tickets and the apps have evolved, but the act of being in a plane itself hasn't really evolved. No, it's like a can of sardines. The, 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 I mean, if, if anything, it's de-evolved. Like, planes used to have all these amazing entertainment yes. systems that you could, like... And now they just don't even install those at all because everybody has phones, so they're like, screw it. Let's or just... they make you pay for every little thing. Yeah. I mean, every little piece of... That's paper. a whole other thing. But I mean, yeah. I mean, let's hope that eventually, you know... It's, maybe that might become a thing. Who knows? Yeah, maybe a new thing. But maybe maybe our kids in the future will be like, "You did what? You were sitting in regular a- seats." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? But that's cool news. I hope that becomes something mm-hmm. that in the future we can talk about deeper into and is is, is a normal Try thing. Out. Yeah. But to move on to today's episode about hosting, or rather, being a shitty host. I, how did we even come up with this topic? We were sitting at the table having lunch or something and we were talking about. Yeah, I think we were like having lunch or dinner Mm -hmm. and we were talking about how I have an ability to just sort of put everything down at the dinner table yes, and just sort of understand what people may or may not need without even thinking about it. It was about me setting the table for dinner and I had forgotten something, I think. And you, when we then were kind of analyzing why that was happening and me at that, at some point I just said, I'm a shitty host. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's how we came up with this whole idea. Yeah. And, 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 and shitty host, doesn't like mean like shitty host per se. It's just a kind of yeah. funny title that we wanted yeah. to, to play on. But it's more about how someone and how two different people and how their, our brains work in that that for me, even if I don't need a knife, I put down a knife if it's a meal that requires a knife. Mm-hmm. Even if I even if I personally won't be using it, someone else might. Mm-hmm. I would never be using a knife with this meal, so I'm not putting a, meal, a knife, knife down. down. And, and even if it's not a knife-based meal, you would put that down. And we're talking about food in specific, but it can be with a lot of different things. It can be about hosting like sort of a party or an event, or maybe you're wanting to showcase your, your film, planning a, like a party of some sort. Or just having friends over, like a, just- even in a casual way. Yeah, and you have all, she Katarina always says like, I I hate I fear hosting I hear I fear inviting people over, and even when it is a friend coming over for a casual hangout evening, even if it's one on one, even if it's one on one, like it's worse when it's more people, but even if it's one on one or more, like even when my mom comes over or something, I have always been more comfortable being in other people's spaces than my own with people. people. Why is that though? 
I, it might, the only way that I can think of explaining it is I am a chameleon. I can adapt to any sort of environment. I'm comfortable in any environment that is presented to me and I am so easy to please. So mm-hmm. as long as you give me something to sit on and an opportunity to talk to you, mm-hmm. I'm happy. And I think I expect other people to be more, to need more. And that because I am so easy, I think I fear that I can't read what the other person needs mm-hmm. as much. Okay, I so see. I go like above and beyond by five miles to make them comfortable, but or, that makes or, me or, uncomfortable. Or, or not enough. Or not enough. Yeah, like like there is no middle. Yeah, I see it because because you other. don't need so much. You have this anxiety of providing too much or not enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I don't see it that way at all. Like it's not about providing too much or not enough. It's like it's it's more of like this is what I'm so easygoing. This is what I need, but but in this circumstances, here are all the options. I'm just going to provide that because they may need that. And even if I don't need it, then it's all good. I, I, I feel like for me, it's more about like just having it there and not needing it mm-hmm. rather than not having it and needing it. I agree. And then I guess in a, in a setting up the table sort of situation, I usually, I think I go more the less is more way but then how do you feel when you invite people over and you want to provide them with like let's use a casual sense like snacks and drinks Mm -hmm. do you try Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. envision what they could possibly want absolutely not okay no no because everyone's preferences are different and it's like Okay, in that sense, I, I can see where you get some some anxious anxiety because in a sense of having dinner, it's like, okay, I put down a fork, I put down a knife. Even if they don't need the knife, all good. I put down a plate or a, a glass. But but like when it's like having friends over and it's like a spread of snacks or charcuterie or whatever, it's like how much is enough? How much isn't enough? And well, how many options should I have? And like- Yeah, yeah, I, I totally get it. Because like if you if you invite friends over and you have just one bowl of chips, you for you that might be enough. But then you're like, is that enough for them? Do they want sweets? Do they want savory? Are they watching their weight? Yeah. Do they yeah, want yeah, yeah, food? Exactly. Like, do they want this? So, that? Like- so, so for me, that's what I'm saying is like how I would approach a situation like that is that, okay, I know that I, that I don't just eat this one type of chip. Yeah. I know that my preference says that I would eat maybe, let's say, let's just say regular chips. Uh, a tortilla nacho style chip and then like a seasoned spice whether it be salt vinegar or or spicy or whatever type of chip those are the chips that I enjoy Mm -hmm. okay so and then I know that I like this specific type type of candy this like three different specific types of candy so how I operate is I buy those things knowing that I enjoy them Mm -hmm. but I put a little bit of each of those things out because the guests, let's say they don't want to eat all of that or chocolate or a, a tortilla chip. They just want the regular chip. At least after they've left, all the things that I had already purchased, I enjoy and I will eventually eat it. Rather than going to the store just buying the one chip 
and the one chocolate and then not having enough. And are you ever afraid that the options that you have selected aren't at all what they want? No, because I don't care. And that's why I care too much. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, they're not eating anything. I must have bought the wrong stuff. And that's not it at all. Because I think that humans are actually way more simple. Mm -hmm. Because if you really look at it, it's like you give them a tortilla chip, you give them a regular chip, which who in the right mind doesn't like a regular chip? Yeah. Just like a salted potato chip. And then you give them like a seasoned chip. And, and you're not going to, depending on who the audience is, you're not going to buy like extra spicy or extra crazy. You might just buy like all dressed. Mm -hmm. Or as, as Canadians, you know, ketchup chips. Yeah. We love ketchup chips. And if you're watching this or listening to this and you're not Canadian, ketchup chips are bomb. They're amazing. Yeah. I so, miss them. We yeah. found them in Portugal. <laughs> they don't have them here. In but. Germany. But... Or, or you buy just like an all-dressed chip or something like that. And so for me, it's like, no, absolutely not. And that's why it's like you see those like stupid fruit or no, those veggie all-in-one platters. What's in those things? It's usually cherry tomatoes, mm -hmm. baby carrots, and slice, and slice celery. Who, who the F likes any of those things? <laughs> But you throw everybody in a, in a little party situation and eventually – This guy's gonna walk over and start dipping the celery into the ranch dip. Like nobody, I, I ain't gonna. I don't go and buy ranch dip and celery to dip in my own home situation. But I'm just like, yeah. It, and it's like you're providing maybe a little different, different of an experience for them. So sometimes it's fun for them. And I think for me, I just never care. I just know that one option probably isn't gonna be enough, and ten options probably gonna be too much. So for me, I'm always like, ah, here's three. I like those three. Here's three savory options. Here's three sweet options. That's enough. And in my basis is I just got to make sure that in the end, it's not going to be wasted. Like I would never buy something that I wouldn't enjoy after the fact and just have it wasted. I wouldn't just buy something to impress somebody. Yeah. You know? So, so getting like putting that all into perspective What do you think, where does that come from that someone's naturally inclined to feel comfortable with hosting mm. and someone else being less comfortable with it? I think it comes from the fact that I enjoy having, in a group setting, I think when there's lots of people, it's the most awkward when there isn't a lot of conversation mm -hmm. or a lot of energy, if you will. And I feel like when you are hosting people and you want to keep the conversations going, there needs to be sort of things to talk about or, or things that provide action. Mm -hmm. So one chip over time, if people just grabbing the same thing starts to get sort of boring. Mm -hmm. But then you start to provide some different options and there's different things happening or you pour the first drink and then you, and then after that you're like, Hey everybody, I found something new. Do you want to try this? And it reignites that. And then it, it keeps sort of the conversations flowing. It's like, Hey, where did you find that? Or Hey, have you heard of this thing before? Have you ever tried that? 
Mm-hmm. And, and it kind of keeps those things going. And I think for you, why you fear hosting is that awkwardness. You, you, you kind of like are kind of like, ooh, what if they don't like this? What if there's nothing to talk about? What if we're all sitting here and in, in, sort of in silence? And, and so... Yeah, and what, like it's interesting. While you were speaking, the word rejection came to my mind. Yeah. So the other day we were invited over to a friend's house mm-hmm. and we brought a aperitivo. Mm-hmm. Sort of something we had never tried before. Mm-hmm. And, and it's interesting. Yeah, we had never tried it. But from but and, and how I came to that conclusion was I really wanted to try it. And when when I bring something to someone, especially something I think that I haven't tried before, your your anxiety is through the roof. <laughs> it is through the roof because I am fearing that that drink and in turn me is being rejected. Okay, so let me ask you this question, and just to give you everyone context, it was. Um, Ramazati, which is normally like a like licorice licorice style. style drink, but this one was actually more of their light aperitivo drink. It was like hibiscus and like orange and like very bright, mm-hmm. and you would mix it with a bit of tonic water, and it was like this fizzy yeah. uh, pre-dinner drink w- with lime. So it's very refreshing, very delicious, like 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 a lemon and everybody hibiscus. Everybody loved it. Yeah. So for me. When you saw that bottle and you knew that I was buying it, did you know that you would enjoy it? Yes. And that's all that matters. And here's the reason. When you know that you can enjoy it, you can then speak about your excitement about it and why you think it's amazing and you're passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Whether they like it or, or not, that's not the point. Mm-hmm. The point is that it creates conversation. Interesting. And that conversation creates energy. Mm-hmm. And that energy leads somewhere. It, it leads to, you know, sometimes in, in a friend setting, usually it's a debate, hopefully not an argument, but like it's a debate and like it creates that energy and, and then they can grab a different drink mm-hmm. and they can, t- and then see, see what I mean? It's like, if, if I pour that drink and you and I know that we like it and they're like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Where did you find this? You start a conversation. And let's say I pour it and you and I like it and I pour it for them and they don't like it. And they're like, oh, that's terrible. Well, why is it terrible? What drink do you like? And then I get to try that drink, right? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter whether someone likes something or whether someone dislikes something. For me, it's about the conversation of why. And why do I like that? Why do you like that? Oh, let me try what you like. Do let's see if I like that too. And it's like it's about trying to connect. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that we have to like n- hit the nail on the head, but it's about just the understanding of 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 an experience. Yeah. And and that to me is it, right? Because you knew that you would like it. I knew that I would like it. They all ended up f- loving it. Yeah. But even if they didn't love it, I'd be like, oh, well, what do you guys like? So that I can go through that experience with with them. Have you ever hosted anything that hasn't ever turned out? Because you always say, like, I'm not a very good host. So, But you obviously have hosted friends or, 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 or people before. So have you ever, ever been in a situation that you've hold something that at the end of it, you're just like, man, or it was horrible? No. And there you go. But it's always been, I have never been able to enjoy myself. I do not enjoy myself when I'm hosting mm. because I am so focused on making sure that everyone is so comfortable that I can relax. relax. 
Yeah, and it's so interesting. For me, it's 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 the prep beforehand where I get a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm a good host and I put in a lot of effort into making it good. And so I know people are, are, are generally going to walk away with a good experience. Mm. But that requires a lot of like prep on my end. Like yeah. I used to host always big dinners, like big 10-person dinners and come up with like a whole like – six dish menu or even mm -hmm. like a five course meal and that just requires a lot of work yeah. and i get so much like satisfaction from people's enjoyment out of it because mm -hmm. because for me the the that energy and that experience that everyone is vibing together sort of feels feels fuels me yeah yeah so you know what was what's interesting too on the whole topic of hosting um and again, because, you know, I love reading and bringing in, like, things that other people have thought about and not just my own experience. Yeah. Um, when you host a gathering, yeah. does the question... Be, we as humans often dive into the what and how mm. when it comes to hosting. It's like, what do I need? What are we doing? And like the, how am I executing this? Mm -hmm. And how is the evening going to go? Yeah. Is the question of why often very apparent in your head of why you're hosting? Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because generally for me, it's like, it's like, it's like I'm hosting a dinner because it's, let's say it's Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. That's an easy one. But the why is, is more of like, bringing together a group of people uh, for a game night because I want us to feel tighter as a group yeah. and to to have relationships that aren't just so surface level. Yeah. So there are certain times where I'm just like, hey, I need to like host this in my environment so that we have more time to be able to just have longer, yeah. more in-depth conversations rather than just going to a bar. Yeah. And you're having typically not super deep conversations yeah. because I think the people that we surround ourselves with have really interesting ideas and really uh, unique perspectives. And in order to really pull that out of people, you need to host them in your own home or they need to be able to host you. Yeah. Like you're not going to get those at the club. And I think you might be, um, I don't know if you are unique in that way that you think about the why so much, but um there's a book called The Art of Gathering, which I've read. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's such a popular book, yeah. which, which again, I'm a terrible reader, so I've never read it before. Yeah, and it's by, um, her name is Priya Parker. And um, it's really interesting because she talks specifically about the why we gather, because a lot of people dive, often dive into what I've said is the what yeah. and how. What type of party? How am I going to execute it? And especially with things like Christmas, Easter, weddings, those those things that are naturally just an event where we lean towards celebrating and hosting. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't actually think about why we come together for one of those specific events. Mm -hmm. And she says, when you actually start diving into why you're doing something and why you're hosting people, the whole dynamic of how you're approaching planning that evening changes because like you said it's you're not hosting because you have nothing else to do you're hosting because you have a specific objective and then you plan that entire evening around that so yeah. 
how with that example that you used how do you foster that connection and how do you get something out of mm -hmm. people it's, it's really really interesting yeah i mean because for me it's like i need this the energy of just of people living mm -hmm. and and this my surroundings to be alive in that how that's how my battery gets fueled yeah. you know so having it, i surround myself with very like 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 we've talked before lots of like people who've worked in hospitality or other creatives and that's what they do in their everyday yeah. life sort of inspires me to do that and and that's interesting because because for me i've i've never had a a problem hosting or being hosted because everyone in my circle has at some point sort of been in a hospitality mm -hmm. type of job and so they understand it really really well and what's interesting is i don't know that you any of your friends your close friends we're talking like our tight-knit core group of people have ever worked in re hospitality or restaurants have they out of like your five or six close-knit friends no not that not yeah no no they've been maybe in retail or whatever but and that's funny all of mine have mm -hmm. and so there's that there's that interesting unique perspective that all my friends are not uncomfortable hosting at all some of them are better than others at it yeah. like you said some people will just you know provide one or two options and it's a fun night and it, and they're they're great and then some people provide this spread that is like you're at like the met gala or something like that it's just like whoa this is ridiculous and i think at the end of the day that is really not what matters at all it's it's whether you're whether you're bringing like one thing to the table or one drink or 10 or 15 or 30 it's more about the ability to to have the conversations about that, right? Mm -hmm. And it's easier to do that when you bring a board game or a couple board games or a couple chip options or a couple chocolate options or a couple yeah. drink options because then then you can start with one or two and then it can lead into the next thing and then lead into the next thing. And th that's what makes it interesting. But I also talked a little bit about why I like to host. And and for me, for me it's a, it's a little bit different than you because when I host it actually fuels my battery a little bit mm -hmm. uh, to a degree. But for you, it actually just drains it. It, it sort of continuously drains it. And, and we talked about this in the last episode, how you're more like a, like, like you start at 100 battery. and you slowly reduce. And I'm, I'm like this rechargeable battery where it's just like constantly up and down, up and down, up and down. But that sort of leads us into what is your social battery? Like, like, Everyone has a social battery, mm -hmm. how much they can tolerate hanging out with people. And I'm not talking about just for a single evening. Yeah. I'm talking about through the course of days or yeah. weeks or months. And we're, we're, we're different because I'm an extrovert. So I can be around lots of people almost all the time. Mm -hmm. Whereas you're not necessarily an introvert. Yeah, I am. Okay. It, it, like you you know those personality tests yeah like i don't even know really off the top of head what my letters are mm -hmm. do you know what yours are uh so in the myers-briggs um personality test i'm an intj and the i and it stands for introverted yeah 
And I think you've never formally done the test. I have. And you are an um, NF ENFP. ENFP, yeah. 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 Which that, that sounds that this, I definitely am an ENF something or whatever that is. Yes. P. Yeah. 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 Which stands for extroverted, intuitive, feeling, perceiving. Yeah. And I am introverted, intuitive, thinking, judging. Yeah. She's a judger, guys. I'm a judger. <laughs> Um, and then there's also the uh, Enneagram. I yeah. don't know if you've heard of the Enneagram before, but it's like um, Enneagram is a very complex sort of personality type mm -hmm. test. Mm -hmm. And without going into de detail too much, it's um, less about putting someone into a box, but it's more about raising awareness of where you are now and showing you the potential of where you could progress to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in especially the Enneagram talks about the social battery. Mm -hmm. I'm an Enneagram 5, which is um, typically an introvert, someone who like um, keeps their sort of resources to themselves and they're easily depleted by being around people and having to exert energy in a, in a people sort of way. Yeah, interesting. Which... Yeah, it all kind of sorts sort of falls into the same category. Yeah, and 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 I will say this, I think as someone who like people would call an extrovert, people call me an extrovert all the time. I sometimes like have to correct them. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm an extrovert introvert. Mm -hmm. I'm an I'm a You're an introverted extrovert. I'm an introverted extrovert. Yeah. You're an extrovert at the core with introverted tendencies. Yeah. Yeah. So you you are naturally fueled by people. I'm naturally fueled by people. And when people are around, I can turn it on just like you can. Yes. But I can turn it on in a different way and I can sustain that for a long period of time. And it does give you something. It's not that you force have to force yeah, it, it does. sort of. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't necessarily force it either. In certain situations you do, I've It just noticed. causes me, like, it, it depletes me more. Quicker, yeah. yeah. But I do... After after either a long period of those or or multiple days or or a long a week or whatever, I do need a lot of just nothingness. Yeah. Because I exert I feel like I exert so much energy. Yeah. And 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 sort of because I as we just talked about, I like to have these conversations, these back and forth. Yeah. Pretty me about why like why why you like that or why I don't like that and why we both like that. But then I do need a lot of just like quiet time mm -hmm. and quiet time doesn't always mean alone time yeah because some for introverts especially they need alone time i need alone time whereas i just need quiet time yeah like it can be i can be around other people but they just can't like i just need to be in my own space to be like yeah. working so let's say i can be in a coffee shop but i need my headphones in and just i need to be doing my own thing and i can observe but i just don't want to have to like engage and i think I think also the whole topic of knowing your social battery isn't only about I only have this much energy so I can only be around people mm -hmm. for this certain amount of time. It's also like, especially as an introvert, I think society often applauds extroverts more than they do introverts mm -hmm. because in meetings, they're the ones that speak more. Um, in school, they were the ones that would raise their hand more and would contribute more, which often would be awarded more. Yeah. So when you grow up as an introvert, speaking from my own experience, 
you sometimes ask yourself if something's wrong with you yeah. because you're not the one that makes friends so quickly or meets new people or all those sorts of things. Yeah. And coming back to the topic of hosting and being around people, I have also just become comfortable being the quiet one in a hosting situation. Like I can be in a, in a room and with, judge and yeah. And judge be in a room with eight people and they're just having this loud conversation. And back in the day, I would just like, be on my toes the entire time to try to figure out what I can contribute to the situation. But now you feel you don't need to. I just feel yeah. comfortable listening. And, and, and you know, what's, and what's interesting about that is you were talking about how the extroverts get awarded and, and they're often acknowledged the most. I actually experienced the opposite. Interesting. Yeah, because I was often called too loud. Yeah. The per, the, that can happen too. They're like, oh, he's always talking. He's always too loud. And and the difference was I was just excited. Yeah, I was just excited. Was, like as a kid, you're just excited to be a part of something, and and they're just like you can be too loud. Or or now what I've noticed is because I've got much more comfortable in sort of with who I am and my own skin, and my own ability to know myself and 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 how I'm capable of doing things, oftentimes, like you said, in creative meetings, I'm very quiet. Mm -hmm. And there's oftentimes, there's someone who's just like spitting out all these crazy ideas. And, and I'm talking from my work uh, personally, but like sometimes in these creative meetings, people are just like throwing out like a million things. And I'm just sitting there actually, actually just processing yeah. in a very creative way. I'm just like thinking about what people are saying, what people are doing. And then usually I will say something once I have like this sort of flushed out creative idea and it, it, you know like sort of in the creative meetings and you've, you've been in this I'm sure and I'm sure people listening and people watching here know the same thing it's like throw a thousand things to the wall and see what sticks yeah I don't enjoy operating in that way that that's not my style of, yeah. of being creative I do understand that that statement where you have to like say a bunch of stuff and see and try to see what comes out of it. But it's but for me, it's not about like throwing things at the wall and see what sticks. For me, it's about having sort of thoughts and ideas about what the the photo or campaign or or film can look like and what we are trying to accomplish. What is the start of the story? What's the end of the story? And then we kind of just flush it out a bit more creatively rather than chaotically. Yeah. You know, like I don't know. That's actually kind of cool. And it's also be more creative rather than chaotic. And sometimes, like in these creative meetings, there's ones that are just so inspirationally creative. Everything that people are saying are being said with much more intention. And then there's certain creative meetings where it's just chaos. And you know what's interesting too? It's like I think what what I always struggle with the most. Um, and now we're talking about meetings, but being in a meeting and being quiet, people thinking I'm dumb and that I don't have to contribute something. And I think that could have sort of, um, a, an extrovert could relate to that too, but in a very different way of like an extrovert sometimes just blurbs out ideas without thinking about them before. And that can also make them sound dumb. So it's just like, Oh, I think, I, I, Oh, trust me. I've been in a situation. I think we were having like, uh, we were working on a concept and we were working on 
on this this uh, I, I think it was like a video project that was actually completed, and we were, we were looking to tweak it a little bit. And the thing is, with the idea, whether they thought it was good or not, or the sort of the end product, it was executed exactly to the storyboard, mm-hmm. right? We like I didn't come up with the storyboard. I didn't come up with the concept, but I kind of gave input on how it could be best executed yeah. from a director and filmmaker's perspective. The storyboard was given to me by the the marketing team that was creating this campaign. Yeah. And one of the people who were the creative directors wasn't a part of any of the pre-production meetings or anything. They were just a part of this sort of post-production input meeting. Oh, I know which one you're so they So they weren't there for the storyboard process or or the, the they weren't even on set or any of that stuff. So when they when we were watching it back and sort of going through some of the tweaks that, that could be made, because at the end of the day, without reshooting things, because there was no budget there to reshoot, you could only tweak so much yeah. based off of what you shot based off of the storyboard. It was a very tight shoot. So we had exact shots that we wanted to get. And they were just, I don't know if they're like a, you know, like a, a um, I don't know what they're called, but like a, a backseat driver, whatever those terms are, or like a, 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 um, a keyboard warrior, whatever that is. But like, yeah, they must have read a lot of books about how cameras work yeah, yeah, yeah. or filmmaking in general, but had never even touched a camera or even made a movie or even edited or even edited one at all. And they're just spitting all these like technical terms of like, you should, you should do this and have this, this range. And that shot looks like you'd shot it like this and, and, and you should have shot it like this. And I was like, actually, that's exactly how we shot it. Exactly how you're describing it. It's just, you know, like sometimes when people speak too much, because they're just blurting out everything that they think they know, mm-hmm. they just look dumb. Yeah, it's very right? interesting. So sometimes the quiet people look dumb, but they're actually the smartest ones because they're just sort of analyzing. And they're only saying something when they really feel like they can. They're only saying something yeah. when it's going to hit. Now that we've we've sort of gone away from hosting in like a gathering, like a private sense. We've kind of gone into like this like work sense and like, but it applies there too because yeah. again like Priya Parker in her book also talks about like especially with meetings you should ask yourself why you're hosting a meeting because a lot of people don't yeah <laughs> and i think me being uncomfortable hosting also applies to meetings like i am an uncomfortable leader in a meeting when i don't have a plan like when I have a sort of just like, a, and, and, and is that why you're uncomfortable hosting like a private night because there really is no plan? You're kind of just inviting people, and whatever happens, happens. Yes, I am. Yes, that is exactly it. Like I, when I have a weekly catch-up meeting with my teammates or Whatever. my daily meeting with my team, I am so much more uncomfortable with people that I talk to every day. Like they're in my corner. We're a team. I am more uncomfortable in that sense than when I am hosting a workshop and you don't for know a client what it's and like. I don't know anyone, but I have planned that for weeks. And it's like, to a it's tea. just like two. Yeah, I, I, and, I, and I totally get that. It's like, it's like anything. And 
and that just says like who, who you are. Like for, for me, it, it's funny because I've talked to a lot of creative filmmaker friends or photographer friends. Sometimes you go into it with a plan and it's bang on and it's, and it, you get every shot you need. It's perfect. And sometimes, um, we go in with no plan and it's, and it's just as good. It's a yeah. little, it, it is a little more chaotic, yeah. but sometimes the, you get some creativity out of it that is just like exciting, yeah. you know, it like sort of breaks down that boundary, but sort of getting back to our battery a little bit, it's, it's, it's like anytime you have to do these sort of, whether it's like home hosting or workshops or meetings, it's like, you just exert energy, whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, because you're exerting energy trying to break out of being an introvert or or just reserving yourself that takes sort of some sort energy of energy yeah, like of yeah and then and then the other way you're going against your natural instincts yeah not everyone loves hosting but everyone loves being hosted yes and i feel like that's so interesting because like whether you're invited to someone's house for dinner or invited to an event mm-hmm. or in or or going to a like, because if you think about it, when you make a reservation at a restaurant or you go to a restaurant, you decide to go to a restaurant, you're being hosted mm-hmm. by that restaurant. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. Do, do you know anyone who doesn't like going to restaurants? I'm sure some people may yeah. not. I don't know anyone personally, but I, I am noticing in the social media space and, like, um, a lot of Gen Z creators that I follow yeah. or I've watched their story who are so much, they are very vocal about being comfortable just being in their own space and being homebodies. And I think that speaks against loving to be hosted Mm -hmm. because that might also put some people outside of their comfort zone in a way of being in other people's spaces, Mm -hmm. not knowing their way around, not knowing. Yeah. So it's it's very I mean, interesting. I, the, and it, maybe that's just more prevalent because it's being talked about more or, or whatever. But I think being the homebody thing, especially for a lot of the people that I know have always been around. I know so many people who are like, I'm a homebody. Yeah. I'm a homebody. I don't mind being a homebody. But that doesn't take away from the fact that I think a lot of people, I think everyone can enjoy being hosted much, much more. Because, yeah. I mean, when you go out and you see people having dinner at a restaurant to me anyways most most times everyone's having a great time yeah you know because they're in the company of someone they want to be in, in the company with hopefully if they're not having a a couple's quarrel or something like that a first date that's or, going wrong yeah i guess so <laughs> but 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 i don't know there's this like like i think the thought of hosting always takes me back to the to the idea that I love the energy of seeing people enjoy themselves mm-hmm. in at restaurants. And oftentimes when you're like walking the streets of Berlin, you see everyone on, on the streets, ha- on the patios having a drink or in Europe in general, like, like here is it, being on this side of the world is, is very special Yeah, because in Canada, when you're, when you're walking the streets, yeah, like there's tons of patios and stuff, but like, I don't know, like, 
in the States too, I guess, but like, especially in Canada, everyone's like quarantined in these like little fenced off patios. Mm -hmm. And here it's like, it's, it's like just in Europe in general, everything's just flooded onto the streets. Out onto the street. Yeah. Like Like every corner, every, every, any, any any space, space available. Like, like, yeah, I remember the very first time I ever was in Europe, which was in, in Barcelona. I went to go have dinner at this restaurant and um, and he's like, would you like to sit inside outside? And it's just a quick story, but he, I was like, outside, please. And I, I was actually traveling alone at the time in this one area. And he's like, yeah, just pick any table over there. And it was literally like the street split into a Y. There was like this little area, grassy area right in the middle where the street split and then the restaurant, oh, there, there goes our light. Yeah, our light just died. So that's telling us we have to wrap up soon. But uh, it just like, you know, just he crossed the street yeah. and then boom, right there was the patio. And I, it was just so interesting. And the thing is that little island in the middle there had like multiple patios of different restaurants that were kind of the servers were kind of crossing into it. Like for all the people listening, it was like just a little the, – the road was a, split into a Y. There was like this little section in the center, if you can imagine that, that was just like yeah. sort of sidewalk. Yeah. And there were restaurants – on each side of the Y and there were servers crossing the streets to go and like serve the tables in the middle there. Same idea in Amsterdam on the bridges. They like have to leave the the restaurant has a patio, but then you have to cross the road onto the bridge. Onto the bridge and, and the bridge no longer was available for cars because it was filled with tables. Yeah. And like, it's the same idea of like, you really have to see like what, do these chairs look like like which restaurant yeah, yeah, yeah totally to, to make because sure all the tables and chairs are just sitting on the on the bridge yeah and you have to look at sort of the menus and the and and whether the chairs are whatever colors the chairs are and if they all match the sort of the ones on the restaurant then you know that's that restaurant because you could be sitting on that bridge wanting food from this other restaurant but then then you're it's in the mixed wrong up spot. and you're in the wrong yeah. spot but they're all mixed together yeah which is interesting i think hosting as a whole is something that I think is important because bringing people together to be able to share different perspectives and ideas, whether we like the same things or dislike uh, another, it's more about understanding. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why to me, I enjoy hosting, but I also not just enjoy, I find it important yeah, and it's it's that whole idea, and you've opened up my mind in that way too. It's like it's not about agreeing on one thing; it's about it's about that discussion about whether wh- why someone enjoys something or doesn't enjoy something, yeah. or and, open and, up, open and up it's and dialogue. it's not about good or bad. Yeah. It's just about just that open dialogue about about perspective. Yeah, yeah, but I think we'll leave it there. We hope that the the topics today were were informative to a degree yeah and if they were we're always excited about like having more conversations in regards to that yeah if you know of the book that katarina yeah talked about let us know if you're watching or listening to this in a place where you can leave a comment definitely do that share like rate five stars subscribe follow whatever the platform that you're listening or watching us on like allows you to yeah and we haven't talked about it uh too much but uh follow us on instagram follow yeah. us on the tiktok the tiktok oh my god the, t- <laughs> the tiktok terrible <laughs> i apologize follow us on instagram tiktok youtube apple podcasts 
Spotify, Spotify all that. And yeah, we'll wrap it up here. We're happy to have hosted you. Yes, today. in a little space here. And we hope to see you in the next episode of Cadence Podcast. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.